the grace of giving, the wonder and the beauty of being able to go beyond ourselves, to offer ourselves by giving. We can do that in so many ways, uh, certainly through uh, the, the steward of resources that uh, God has so, um, so blessed us with, but the, the grace of giving in so many other ways as we offer ourselves in service to God and to one another. Today we uh, read from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 8 through 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 through 15. Let's hear this from God's Word. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work that, you, that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, those who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. And so this is the word of God, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. Amen. Cheryl and I received word this week that the Thanksgiving Day turkey trot at the uh, Northeast Y will be run virtually this year due to the pandemic. Seems like every one of the races that we have, have registered for have been canceled and, and are now being run virtually. Well, the turkey trot has been a regular for Cheryl and me for years. The turkey trot's was celebrating uh, this year its 50th uh, consecutive year. Uh, Cheryl and I have probably run in that at least half of those. The 10K helps us uh, on Thanksgiving Day to offset all the eating that goes on later in the day. You don't feel quite so guilty eating that extra helping of dressing or a second piece of uh, pumpkin pie just sort of a balance, you know, here in this life, give and take. Another uh, regular uh, Thanksgiving ritual for Cheryl and me is looking up on the internet how we, how we did. Uh, we usually are able to access the results of the race by the early part of the afternoon. It's fun comparing how we did with others 
who are in our age group. You know, I say it almost every year. If I had only been 30 seconds faster, I would have beat that guy. We're all into comparing. Almost every one of us is into the comparison game. I suppose it's just part of human nature. We want to have what others have around us. It's been that way since we were kids. Somebody in the neighborhood got a brand new bike and we wanted the same. As we uh, get older, things just get a bit more expensive. If they have a, a, a big house, then, then we think we need a big house. If they have a, a new car, then we think that, ah, we need a new car. You get the idea. It's called keeping up with the Joneses. And if it's not about houses and cars, then there's always something someone else has that we wish we had. We do well to be reminded that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I've always been challenged by what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. He writes, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the, the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can endure all things through him who strengthens me. I've learned the secret of being content. In our passage for today, Paul gets into the comparison game just a bit, but all for good reason. Last week, we talked at, at great lengths about the offering Paul collected in support of the saints in Jerusalem. If you will remember, we, we talked a lot about the rich generosity of the church in Macedonia. Theirs was a wonderful response, particularly given the fact that they were in a rather depressed circumstance. Paul was quick to highlight their generosity in order to encourage the church in, in Corinth to do the same. And so Paul writes, I am not commanding you, but I want to test your sincerity by comparing it, again, by comparing it with the eagerness of others. So call it comparing, if you will. But what Paul was trying to do was encourage the Corinthians to consider their own giving and the reason behind it. So from there, Paul launches very quickly into a discussion about Jesus, about Christ's generosity. You might say that it was the ultimate comparison. Paul reminded the, the Corinthians of what Jesus did on their behalf. And he writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. And so Paul lifts up Jesus, and by lifting up Jesus, he compares the lives of the Corinthians to that of Christ and what Christ did. We have a wonderful Savior. We have a wonderful Savior who is willing to go to, 
to any length so you and I might share in the richness of new life now and of eternal life later on. Jesus was willing to go to the cross, paving the way for the forgiveness of sin and the opportunity to once and for all be reconciled to God. You see, Jesus gave up so much for each and every one of us, even though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, talking about how Jesus gave up so much. Your attitude, he says, should be the same as Jesus Christ, who being in the nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He, He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. When it comes right down to it, this is the most important motivation for our giving. You see, Paul makes this ultimate comparison of ourselves and and Christ. He notes Christ and how he gave up, how he gave and gave and gave again, even to the point of going to the cross, and essentially says this is our every motivation for giving. Giving isn't about how you, you feel about the pastor or staff or the worship or the economy or even how life might be treating you. We give because Christ has first given. If you really think about it, there is no way any of us can outgive Jesus. Jesus has, has lifted us from the poverty of our own sin and puts us squarely in the riches of his blessing each and every day. Now, there are all sorts of reasons why why people give. Some give to be noticed. Others give to try and feel better about themselves. Still, others give because it makes them feel good. Whatever the reason, there is nothing, nothing that eclipses what we do in response to the overwhelming love of God in Jesus Christ. And as we consider that love, we we consider the fact that God gave, we consider the fact that Jesus gave over and over and over again, and in that we are inspired. At the base of our giving is a response to the wonderful blessing of God's great work in our lives. For me, God's good work is the supreme and inescapable incentive for all giving. I like the the story told of the owner of a general store who was more than generous when it came to letting people defer payment for their groceries if they couldn't afford them at that particular time. In that uh, owner's uh, cash register was a six inch nail. When when asked about that, he responded, it helps me remember the price Jesus paid for my salvation. In light of that, whatever I do is no big 
deal. Think about that in regard to your own life, even in regard to your own giving. It is no big deal in light of what God has done in Jesus Christ. If we really believe that, then what we give becomes a matter of of, of deep desire, a reflection of what's going on in our hearts. Because Jesus has given so much, we find ourselves moved to give as well, a willingness to give everything we are to everything He is. That's the sort of appeal that Paul made to the Corinthian church, and is the sort of appeal that he makes to us, a willingness to give everything we are to everything he is. You see, if the willingness is is there, Paul says, the gift is acceptable, regardless of, uh, of what we have or what we don't have. When I think of willingness, I I immediately begin to think of that great uh, gift given by the the young boy at the feeding of the 5,000. You remember that he had uh, five barley loaves and two fish. He, He gave that freely and on account of a deep desire just to, to share. That young man had been taught well, and it very well may be that as he he, he uh, sat there listening to Jesus. He found himself well inspired to, to make some sort of response. And so he responds by giving the very things that he, that he had. That little, that little boy's gift was not so much in the eyes of the disciples. In fact, they, they didn't so much make fun of it, but they thought, how in the world can, can five barley loaves and two fish feed all these people? But in the eyes of Jesus, it was just what was needed. In his hands, a little had become a lot. I'm inspired by that and pray for that same sort of deep desire to give in my own life, to see that little boy as a great inspiration and a great encouragement, even for my own giving. We talked last week about giving being an important part of the church's witness. It's, it's always been that way, we said. And because that's the case, we, we wonder why people are so hesitant about the privilege of giving. And yeah, you remember that, uh, that phrase from our, our passage last week, the, the privilege of giving. Why is it that, that people are so hesitant? I fear that, that some are, are hesitant because of a lack of trust, maybe in the institution to which they're giving, but could it be more so in their lack of trust in Christ? A visitor to a South Sea island tells the story of a 12-year-old boy who understood what it meant to, um, to trust when it came to giving. As the story goes, the the boy came to uh, his pastor with a a large fish that he had caught that day. He explained to the pastor that it was his tithe and asked for instructions on how to to give it to God. And the pastor explained that, well, the boy could go into the market, 
he could sell the fish and then he could bring the proceeds back to the church. And as the boy was leaving, the pastor remarked, well, I guess you had a really great day of, of fishing. You'd, you'd caught 10 fish and now you were giving one to God. No, that's not the case, said the boy. You see, this is the, the, the first one. The other nine are still in the ocean. I'm going to go after them tomorrow. Now that's what giving, trusting in God, is all about. As we said last week, these are, are uncertain times, and, and because of that, our, our trust is, is really being challenged. You know, we, we, we seek to remain faithful. We, we long to, to be full of trust, and for the most part, uh, that's taking place, but there are those waves of doubt. There are those times when the, when the uncertainty just sort of gets to us. And in the mix of all of that, God is seeing us through. He's, he's very much present. He's, he's very much helping us through. And even in the mix of that, we get this keen sense that we have only just begun making it through when it comes to this pandemic. Paul's word to the Corinthians to complete what they had begun is very much a, a word for us. We had shared last week that in regard to the, to the finances of this church and, and the outreach of what we're attempting to do in honor of God, you know, we, we find ourselves moving forward in, in good stead. But yet uh, we uh, pause to consider that we need to complete what we have first begun as we continue to make our way through what uh, seems as though will be a, a long haul. We need to see through what we have begun as we make our way through this pandemic. And as we do, let's uh, trust in God the whole way through. Even as we consider what our grateful response will be, now is the time to give. Lafayette, that, that great uh, French military officer who helped the colonists during the Revolutionary War, was back in France in 1783. The harvest there was particularly poor, but the workers on Lafayette's farm still managed to fill his barns with wheat. The bad harvest was, had, had raised the, the, the price of wheat, and, and the workers for Lafayette had noticed that, and they said, you know, it, it's time to sell with his mind on uh, all the peasants in the surrounding villages, many of whom were very, very hungry, Lafayette responded. He said, now is the time to give. And that's exactly what he did. Now is the time to give, and that's exactly what he did. He took that which was in the barns and began to distribute it to those who were around him, those who were in need. In our own tough and uncertain times, now is the time to give. 
And as we give, God will honor our giving and bring glory to his kingdom. May God bless us all. Let's pray together. And God, we, uh, we thank you for your deep and abiding love. We thank you, Lord, that you um, encourage us, seek to inspire us. One, to consider the great gift that is Christ and then to respond to that great gift by the giving of our lives to you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your deep and abiding blessings, for your every provision. And as we consider these in Christ, may it be that we are ready to respond and to offer ourselves to the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised and how we thank you for your blessings each and every day. Lord, we, uh, we do offer a, a special prayer for, for really all of us as we are making our way through this uh, long and, and persistent pandemic. And Lord, we, uh, we pray specifically for those who are directly, directly affected. We pray, Lord, for your blessings and your healing upon them. Lord, we pray also that as we find ourselves in the midst of this time in which we find ourselves, that we will not lose faith, that we will stand full of trust, and that we will look at every turn to give and to give again. Lord, thank you for the blessings of your presence with us. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to participate in your kingdom. We thank you that we are claimed as your children. This prayer we, uh, we make in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.